Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hi, this is Tom Dunlap. Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. With me this week, I've got Daryl Moon. Daryl is the founder of a company called Orient. Daryl's company has a lot of interesting things that it does around mental health and teamwork and coaching companies and employees and companies. I'm going to let him tell you about that. Daryl has a very interesting background as well. And we're going to kick off our first show with Daryl finding out about how he went from being in the CEO or COO in these really high-level positions at hospitals all over the country to launching his own business and what that's all about, what made him decide to do that. And uh, well, Daryl, thanks for joining us. And rather than me talk, why don't you tell us where you come from and what Orion does. My goal in life was to be a hospital administrator. That's what I wanted to do for a career. And I got very lucky very early. And while I was still in college, was running two different hospitals as the CFO controller. That launched me into an opportunity to run 10 different hospitals across the country, mostly for Hospital Corporation, which is the largest healthcare system in Utah, California, Texas, South Carolina, Illinois. And during that time, I became very passionate about Edwards Deming's continuous quality improvement processes because the Joint Commission, which is the organization that accredits hospitals, was adopting back in the 1980s or 1990s these new accreditation standards around this idea of continuous quality improvement. Continuous quality improvement into its most simplest basis. It's first, who's the customer? What does the customer want? What are you going to do to monitor whether you're pleasing the customer? And when you find variation in those monitors, how are you going to get those closest to the process to improve the process to take out the monitor so you can please the customer? Well, here I am going from hospital to hospital teaching the hospitals, as either the CEO, COO, or CFO, how to implement these principles, it was very difficult not to step back and look at the entire industry through these Deming lenses. And when you ask the very first question, who's the customer? I sat back and realized, oh my goodness, this has to be the most broken industry in America. Here I sit at the top of the food chain I'm the administrator of the hospital where most of the money is spent, and I literally get away with working against my customer. A friend of mine is a CEO of a company that's acquiring obstetrics practices, and he has the same issue. He said the way billing happens, it encourages people to do something like a sonogram, which isn't necessarily required or advantageous for the client, as opposed to other more expensive things where they don't get as much money from the insurance company. So everybody had to have a, just really interesting to hear that, you know, it's, I mean, I, I would assume that it's across the healthcare industry that this problem persists. It is. And, and so as a hospital administrator, my whole job was, how do you get doctors to admit to my hospital? Well, they're not the customer. They're not paying for healthcare. Right. And, and I want right. to make sure that the patient has a wonderful experience while they're in the hospital. 
but they pay very little of the of the healthcare bill either. If you really right. sit back and say, who's the customer of this $4 trillion, the largest industry in America, certainly not the insurance companies, they just pass it on. It's business leaders. It's the right. CEOs wow. of businesses who are willing to pay for these healthcare benefits to attract and retain top talent. And yet I could no more be misaligned with my primary customer than I was. Everything I wanted was against what the customer wanted. It's like, how is it that this largest industry in America can get away with not working for their customer? And it finally got to me to where I said, I have to leave the treatment side, where I literally felt like I'm sitting at the bottom of the cliff, building hospitals. I opened three brand new hospitals, waiting for people to fall off so I could make lots of money. Medicine is the holy institution of medical care or medicine where where were all the wisdom lies you come be the benefactor of our great wisdom when you fall off the cliff and need us and we'll make lots of money fixing you it's right. not about putting the customer the patient or those who pay for healthcare at the top of the 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 focus and saying what if we build healthcare around them so 25 years ago i said to my wife we i can no longer be a part of the system that is so perversely aligned with their customer. And so I left the treatment side of healthcare to try to put fences at the top of the cliff and work directly for business leaders who purchase healthcare for their employees. How does Orion's work? So Orion is two Latin words that we put together. The word orire or ori means in Latin to rise up. Okay. And riant in Latin means to be happy to enjoy life, to be of good cheer. So we simply said our whole goal is to help people rise up and enjoy life better. So why not call it a riot? And so what we do is if you take a look at the entire bill of healthcare, $4 trillion, 87.5% can all be traced back to people's lifestyle and behaviors. There lies the root of all healthcare costs. Well, the healthcare system isn't very focused on the root problem because it's making money fixing people after they fall off the cliff. And my thought was, if we're going to put a fence at the top of the cliff or even a sign that says, hey, hairpin turn ahead, (laughs) warning, then how we address the root problem, which is helping people make complex behavioral changes so that they can live life healthier and live life to its fullest. And that's what Orion does, is we're all about Engaging people, not just a few of the most sick people, but literally the the total population in enjoying life to its fullest. Gotcha. Okay. So the big leap came when you were in hospital administration and you figured out that uh, you weren't doing something that I guess was changing people's lives. You were just benefiting from, I, I don't want to put words here, but it sounds like you felt like you were benefiting from misery. Uh, exactly. In, in some ways, and you wanted to kind of change the paradigm. Uh, what would you call it this side of the industry? Prevention. The prevention side. Demand management. How do we manage the demand for healthcare? Really, it's about anyone who's buying healthcare benefits for their employees. How do you help them see that we need to invest more money in actually helping people stay out of the healthcare system? Instead of just spending okay. money when people fall off the cliff, why not put a fence at the top of the cliff? Are you the only company that does this, or are there companies that do something similar? Or is this a unique idea that you had? 
Like, what was the big change there? What is it that's unique about what you do compared to other health preventative? Uh, I mean, HMOs and PPOs, they all have preventative care in their plans. But what's unique about what you guys do? You know, 25 years ago, when I left the hospital business and we we wanted to support people in making lasting behavioral changes, we had to come up with a term and we literally thought of the word health coach. We thought, let's call these people a health coach. Now, at that same time, back in about 1996, that term started to be used in different parts of the country. Well, now it's a very common term. There's a huge industry of health coaching. But when we started it, we didn't had never heard of that term before. Fantastic. So so the health coach, that's at the time you started your business, that was the paradigm shift. Have you seen other people kind of copy what you're doing? Is that what's happening or or an industry develop alongside of your company? Well, that's a great question. Actually, there's a huge industry called the wellness industry. Most of the wellness industry, literally over 90% of it, is simply handing people rewards for doing simple tasks. That really get at the heart of the hardest thing there is to do in healthcare, which is to help people make complex behavior changes. And it's been proven over and over, the most effective way to help someone make a behavioral change is not to give them a trinket or a reward to go do something simple like watch a webinar, attend a fair, get your biometrics seen. That doesn't engage people in lasting behavioral changes, nor does simply coming and telling someone what to do. I can send a person a coach and say, look, here's the diet program you need. Here's the exercise program you should follow. Here's the stress management program. So go do it. Well, that's the medical model. That's what we do in healthcare. Doctors basically diagnose and provide a treatment plan. That doesn't work in helping people do the hardest thing there is to do in healthcare, which is change behavior. The secret sauce of changing behavior is to build a relationship of trust where the person is willing to be vulnerable and open up about what are their battles that they're struggling with inside. Because we all have a part of us that gets in these ruts, that amygdala, that part of our brain that helps us drive somewhere when we're thinking about something else and we get there and we go, how do I get there? (laughs) Well, that amygdala has a tremendous amount of influence over our behavior. And we all struggle with our prefrontal cortex, that reasoning part of our brain that says, I want to change my habits. And yet when we attempt to, bingo, we simply drop back into those ruts. And the most effective way to help people get out of those ruts is to build a trusting relationship where people are willing to share what their battles are. And then a third-party accountability partner like a health coach simply partners with that part of our brain that reasons and works together in overcoming slowly and gradually those ruts and adopting new behaviors that take the place where the amygdala now starts doing the other behaviors instead of what it's always done. And therein lies the secret to the hardest thing there is to do in healthcare. It's working one-on-one, allowing each person to share what battles are most important to them and the coach supporting them in making those changes. That's where you accomplish population behavior change and population health improvement. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you, Daryl. I I mean, it sounds fantastic. It sounds like something I guess companies should look at talking to you if they are looking to improve the use or the the usefulness of a healthcare plan that you enhance 
healthcare plans and business productivity through preventative healthcare that's in addition to. Final question before we jump to your business problem for next week. Is this something that's covered by insurance carriers? Will they pay for your services or is it something businesses can get reimbursement from from a something like that? Generally, health insurance plans pay for fixing people. So it's okay. got to be a claim based on a disease or a sickness or an illness. There is a new code that the American Medical Association created for health coaching. Unfortunately, okay. it is a trial code. Most of the large Blue Cross, Aetna, Cigna insurance companies don't pay for that. But self-funded employers who create their own self-funded plan can uh, okay. choose to say, I want that code turned on. I want to provide prevention and I want my employees to be able to interact with the coach and have it go through my plan. Where other employers who may be fully insured, they just simply pay for the coaching based on those people willing to work with the coach. Gosh. And is it a um, program where the company pays for it and they get it for the whole company or do they pay for it like these five employees? I assume there's some HIPAA problem with saying, just help these people. Um, I assume it's a company-wide plan. What we found that really helps the most is you simply say, look, offer it to everybody, but we'll only charge it for the people that use it. And even if you know that someone's using it, doesn't mean you know anything about their health. A person with the best health of all who may be working on a marathon may choose to work with a coach. So just because they're working with a coach doesn't mean they have an illness or a sickness or a problem. Okay. So there's no hint. So gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Daryl. Thank you for joining us for the first segment. I think I understand how everything works. It sounds really neat. I'd actually like to put you in touch with one of my other uh, friends, and not a client, but who's doing something in the healthcare industry that's sort of unique and innovative, and maybe you can plug into what they're doing. Uh, but they're on the treatment side, and they're putting together many, many treatment practices. Uh, nice. But they're looking to change the way the healthcare industry works. So we'll talk about that offline. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners. I am going to actually close the show. I, I doubled down because I had a few more questions. But when we come back next week with Daryl, we're going to talk about the challenge that Daryl faced in putting together this company and leaving the treatment side of the healthcare industry and jumping over to the preventative side. And, uh, and we'll hear from him about how he solved that problem. Thanks for joining us. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.